Friday afternoon here on the Muster. Catching up now with Nick Bewley, Gold Sport commentator, as well as on News Talk ZB. Nick, good afternoon. Welcome to the Muster once again. Cheers, Andy. Great to be back. Yeah, thanks for joining us. You've had a bit going on this week. Um, we'll start about the obvious. Scott Robertson, um, the razor's edge. Let's see how sharp it's going to be next year. Oh, absolutely. I feel like we're, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? And uh, third time lucky for Razor after uh, having a crack after the last World Cup in 19. He was right on the cusp last year when it seemed like uh, Ian Foster was about to lose his All Blacks post and then basically got his job saved over there in South Africa. And then finally the, the news comes out on Tuesday that it will be uh, Razor who takes over from Foster after this year's. World Cup, and I, I feel like it ultimately was the obvious choice. Of course, Jamie Joseph uh, was the second candidate there and is well-credentialed uh, with success with Japan and, of course, with the Highlanders in 2015. But uh, Scott Robertson, six-time Super Rugby winning coach, has come through the system, also coached the MPC level. Uh, you hear the players talk so much about the connection he's able to uh you know, develop with players, with other coaches, getting everyone on the same page, buying into a vision. Uh, you know, he's a very outgoing uh, breath of fresh air into what's a pretty conservative organisation, New Zealand Rugby. So, look, having uh, been in this role now at Goldsport and ZB the last couple of years and covered the Crusaders and uh, done the play-by-play for them, I, I think that the All Blacks are in for... Uh, a bit of a shake-up. It's going to be a lot different to the operation under Ian Foster, but uh, for the better. There's obviously going to be a huge turnover, um, both in uh, playing personnel, guys like uh, Sam Whitelock, for example, Bowden Barrett, uh, Aaron Smith, uh, Richie Moanga even, who's heading over uh, to Japan on a three-year deal. So there'll be a lot of new players uh, to deal with, and, and Razor will have his own coaching team as well. But he would have planned for this moment uh, for some time, and I'm really looking forward to next year. Obviously, there's a, a fair bit on this year first, Andy, but um, it's going to be really intriguing to watch uh, Razor get his, uh, sink his teeth into this All Blacks machine. What do you think was the rationale behind NZR not coming out and saying who the other candidates were? Obviously, it was Jamie Joseph, but they're just playing dumb around this. Yeah, there's probably a bit of employment law, whatever you want to call uh, sort of process there where they, you know, even though everyone knows what the answer is, they just want to be very careful. I, I tend to agree. Like most people uh, are aware of what's going on and can, you know, work out that two plus two equals four. But for whatever reason, you know, New Zealand rugby like to, to keep a little bit of that stuff in-house. So, yeah, that's their prerogative really. But, um yeah, at the, at the end of the day, they've, they've finally uh, got their man, and, and that man is Scott Robertson. I guess the intriguing part now is, is the team that he'll build. Um, you know, Scott Hansen is one of his uh, henchmen here at the Crusaders, uh, previously at Canterbury as well. I reckon he'll be on the ticket. And then you've got to think of guys like the Blues coach, Leon McDonald, who Razor again has worked with previously. I'd say Jace Ryan will stay in the role he's currently in with the All Blacks set up as a Fords coach. So that's going to have a ripple effect down into into Super Rugby. Like the Crusaders, of course, are going to need a new head coach for next season. They might need a new assistant as well. Here's one out of left field for you. The Canterbury Club competition, more importantly, also Christchurch, is notoriously strong. Southland Club Rugby's had a bit of a declining couple of years in the last couple of years, it's fair to say. How's the standard been up there, and are they having issues retaining players in the sport? 
Yeah, I, from what I hear, and I don't hear a lot, I think it is a, a bit of a tough go. I think there's still pretty good numbers going back, you know, outside of Premier, down the, the divisions. But from what I heard, um, having covered Canterbury, the NPC team last year, even they're struggling with uh, player depth. And the biggest threat to that most recently has been uh, Major League Rugby in the United States. Guys have usually have been hanging around uh, wanting to emerge through the club scene and hopefully get recognised in MPC or recognised up to MPC have instead been poached just purely because they're from New Zealand uh, over to play uh, somewhere in the States, have a, a, a red-hot go and a great time and, uh, and and earn a bit of coin on the side as well. So, um, look, it, it's certainly, you know, club rugby isn't what it used to be and a lot of these guys these days, Andy, are coming through, uh, you know, semi-professional first 15 systems uh, while being in an academy and then into MPC skipping senior club rugby uh, altogether. So it's an interesting spot that the club game finds itself in at the moment. I don't really have a silver bullet answer as to how they they figure it out, but I feel like they could probably start with a bit more connection uh, with the schools and hope that you know that can then reinvigorate the club game. Just finally, Nick, Warriors and Bulldogs, New Zealand Warriors having a couple of good wins. Great win over the Cowboys and Townsville last weekend. Um, can we get three wins now? Oh, mate, I'm loving the Warriors. I'm right. I've, I've, I've been at day one. Let me just start there. But uh, the, the bandwagon's starting to fill up again, which is, uh, which is exciting. Look, uh, what Andrew Webster has already created, uh, it's been a, a huge transformation, a 180 from the Nathan Brown era. And he's just got a bit like Scott Robertson. It feels like he's got all players buying in to a style of play. And that's down to uh, resilience. You know, they don't have a rock star center or winger who's going to create something out of nothing or, or, you know, even a fullback for that matter, like a Latrell Mitchell, for example. They've just got uh, players who can all get down and and really grind out victories, which I'm I'm all for. All I want to see is, is heart and effort, and that's what we've seen in this first three rounds. Now they go back to Mount Smart Stadium, their spiritual home up there in Auckland. And yes, the Bulldogs, they've had a couple of decent results as well, but I just think when, yeah, when they take to the field at Mount Smart with that, uh, that 18th man behind them, they're going to be very, very hard to beat, which is not something you say all that often, is it, Andy, about the Warriors in the last few years. I'm, I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of myself, but look, even if they threaten for the, the top eight this year, I'd consider that a success given where the club's been in the last three or four years. I'd say you've been hanging around Mark Kelly far too long, Nick Dooley, <laughs> but we appreciate your time on the muster as always. Have a great call tonight. Yeah, looking forward to it. 7.05 kickoff. Uh, we'll be there. Jed Robinson, former Crusader, former Highlander, yep. former Melbourne Rebel, uh, and Craig Kerr running the sideline as well. Five past seven kickoff. Can't wait. Good on you, Nick. Cheers, Andy. Nick Bewley there out of Gold Sport and Newstalk ZB, a rugby commentator, Crusaders Brumbies. Happening this evening, where you are listening to the muster on Hokanui. Um, Friday afternoon, let's wrap up with Paddy Lewis. In the world tonight, where smoke and